0: Welcome to the Craft Beer Showdown podcast where information is king, drinking is mandatory, and the beer is always flowing. Now, let's check in with your hosts and see what's on draft in this session. Welcome to the Crafter Showdown. This is episode 13 31, oh, no, 13. 13. That's oh. 31. <laughs> Today I am uh, first. I know we haven't done the live ones for too long, but we are actually broadcasting from East End Brewing uh, out of Pittsburgh. Are we still in the East End, technically? We are in the East End, although my All definition of right. the East End is pretty loose. It's anything east of Point State Park. But, oh. you know okay. Just a, oh, a, a, a big tent brewery. <laughs> so we're actually broadcasting from the fairly new uh, brewery of East End Brewing with the one and only Scott from East End Brewing. How you doing? Uh, as always, we're with Amanda. Amanda is uh, remote today. Say hi, Amanda. Hi, I'm in my, hi, I'm shelter. In my Your fallout shelter. You fall out shelter? Yes. Don't fall out. Okay. Amanda is safe in an undisclosed location.
1: <laughs> Nothing identifiable a, uh, on, at all. That's right.
0: After a threat on her beer cellar. So, um, just like all the other shows, we're going to do a couple things. Uh, the big thing I want to talk about today after we get through some news and some beer releases is... Uh, IPA and hops, because East End makes one of my favorite all-time IPAs. Uh, It's a fresh hop, uh, the Big Hop Harvest, so we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, first, cheers. Cheers, cheers.
1: There you
0: go. Thank you. you. Nice glass, man. So the first thing I found uh, I thought was kind of interesting to talk about, uh, especially since we're here with Scott today, is um, a bill in California that just got passed through their Senate. It is a bill that basically lets any... um, any growler, any bottle, get filled at the brewery. So until recently, just like with Pennsylvania, their law was you had to have your logo on the growler. Yeah. So if you didn't have, if you had an Easton growler and you tried going to another brewery, they'd kick you out.
1: Well, they might.
0: Well, yeah, and it's
2: the the problem we've had over the years is um, we don't have a serving license here, so we're just a draft only operation that does growlers to go so at the moment you're not able to come in here and drink a pint of beer and that puts us in this weird little category uh because if you have a serving license you can fill up anything you can fill up a milk cart and you can fill up somebody's shoe yeah it's uh, it doesn't yours. have to have any anything on it at all but there aren't many breweries that don't have a tap room in this area so we constantly have to go through this whole ordeal with our customers saying Oh, oh! You want to fill? You want to fill that? No, I'm sorry, I can't fill that growler. Um, uh, you have to buy one of ours because, um, they're like, well, it's got the government warning and everything, but, but it's, um, it's,
0: it's been it's been something we've been tripping over for nine years, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and I know you guys have been good at the uh, the bringing back bottles too, because I know I've done that many times where, yeah, yeah, I've either had someone else's growler or haven't had any and bought them. And
2: yeah, we buy them back them as long as they're as long as they're clean. We buy them back, and if they're dirty, we charge you a buck. But um, uh, you know, we do it. We treat it really as a deposit. And my thinking is, we're selling glass. Or, sorry, we're selling we're selling beer. We're not selling glass. Yeah. So I don't. We're selling the growlers for three dollars. It's not a. It's a, we're selling that cost essentially. So um, uh, I don't. I don't want you to not come to the brewery just because you don't have your growler in your car. Yeah. I want you to come to the brewery every single day, <laughs> regardless of your growler status. And if you have to bring fifty in at the end of the month, that's okay. As long as you took fifty growlers home with you, that's cool.
0: As long as I bring the bag of caps. I've noticed that gets the smiles. The
2: caps are, are definitely bonus, yeah. yeah, Because yeah. uh, usually, for some reason, we have a hard time remembering to order the caps when we order the growlers. And we go through caps more than we go through growlers. So. Yeah, it's just like you forget to get them, I forget to bring them. Well, if cap comes back and it's gross, the cap, cap <laughs> no. gets tossed, and then, yeah, no. okay. so there you go. So, so yeah, we definitely burn it through them faster.
0: So, I guess the, so this, this law they made actually makes it so that... It doesn't matter. I mean, same right. idea. You can bring right. your your size twelve boot and-, and and half of the issue in Pennsylvania anyway is that, that um,
2: here's a motorcycle. Uh, I heard. Uh, we got the door open here to try to try to bring the temperature down to maybe ninety five <laughs> and ninety five. Anyway, the the problem in Pennsylvania is that even bars and restaurants are afraid to fill a growler that's not theirs, because the law is never clear. And anytime you call the LCB, depending upon who picks up the phone, you get a different answer. Or they say, go read the liquor code, figure it out yourself, which is... Well, that's kind uh, of the fun, all the wiggle room. Yeah, yeah. So so nobody, nobody will do it for fear of it bouncing back to them. So the law in California is fantastic because it just takes that out of the picture completely. And, and honestly, who cares what container it's in?
0: Like? Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, Florida still has a really weird uh, growler rule. I looked at a while ago where I don't think you're even allowed to fill half gallon. Oh, really? Even at, even at breweries. Well, for us, it used to be uh, up until
2: about two years ago, um, you couldn't fill you couldn't sell less than sixty four ounces as a as a packaging brewery. We were actually selling seven fifties since year one. Mm-hmm. Just two or three at a time. Sure. Every time. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you're not recording this, are you? Uh, no. No. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so they changed that law to allow for smaller packages, and so now we also see um, half growlers coming on the market, which we'll be
0: introducing later this year. Yeah, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of half because yeah. yeah, it's great. There's a lot of beer I like that my wife doesn't, so... Yeah, and, I end up having to drink really fast. And and you know what, I, I I
2: part of me says, come on, finish the growler. You can you can suck it up and push on through. But the reality is, in my refrigerator at home, there's like four growlers, each with like you know a third <laughs> full, full yeah, of you, flat yeah. beer that like you know there's only so much soup you can make.
0: Yeah. Well, then I'd, I'd almost rather get two half growlers of the same beer and then kill the first half and then drink right. the second half. It's way fresher.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and quite frankly, when I've used the half growler at home, I. Open it up to, to pour glass a glass and kind of put the glass down,
0: and <laughs> ready to go. Well, I, I have your growler cozy for this, so I've, yeah, I, I've done the, uh, I've done the same method just with the sixty-four. Nice. So the next thing I saw, and this is you know, fitting that we're in a brewery. Oh, so, so actually, so the, oh, so, so yeah,
2: so we, so uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had the, um, I had some time to kill. There was some. Uh, before I was driving home. Um, it was a horrible traffic situation uh, with these damn pirates um, filling up the ballpark with people. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like killing some time before I went home. I went over to Staples to just pick up some stuff for the breweries, miscellaneous office supplies. I bought a, I bought a $50 labeler and and now printed a uh, an East End Brewing sticker that can go on the non-East End Growler and Boom, problem solved. Uh, we don't even have to talk to people about it anymore, and I'm an idiot for not doing this nine years ago. I actually thought this had to go through federal label approval, like all our other labels, but... Well, it would just make just sense, It's it as hard as possible,
0: but... It's actually just a state thing, it's not
2: a, uh, uh, a federal thing.
0: So that just goes to show you that the... For as complex some of the laws are to protect us... Yeah. ...that... Some can be literally that simple and just... Right, a $50 solution and, uh, and five minutes on the screen typing the label up and boom, it's done. So, yeah, I'm an idiot. So now you just need to get with <laughs> the the other like five local breweries and just get a nice big sticker. Just, just slap cover them all. Up. Well,
2: I'll just use one. You know, well,
0: that's what the Unigrowler thing is all about, yeah. too. And, and yeah. apparently yeah.
2: there's uh, another Unigrowler in the making with the uh, PA Drew tours. Oh, okay. uh, they're doing a doing a uni as well.
0: Yeah, we actually had them on. So, yep, there's a the Steel City growler. You got
2: to make a noise, I think, for it to show up, right? That's the growler <laughs> noise. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. universal
0: growler noise. Very nice. Very nice. It was like a Xena growler. That it? It <laughs> Zeno Warrior growler.
1: <laughs> Very <laughs> terrifying. No.
0: <laughs> no. No. All right. So so kind of fitting that we're in a brewery yeah. today. I found. A, an article from a couple of days ago that looks like Whole Foods in San Jose, California is putting a brewery on top of one of their new Whole Foods. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and not only that, but it's going to generate the whole Whole Foods as a whole, Whole as a whole, uh, it is going to make 90% of its own energy. Wow. That's that's pretty wild. I mean, it's, it's sunny out there, you can do a lot with solar. Yeah, you've got, you've got a little more sun in San Jose than you do in Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah. Um, but uh, but still, that's that's stellar. I mean, you know, we are we're, a, we're a near zero waste operation here, and we're now that we're in our own space, we're starting to turn our attention towards more energy related um, uh, improvements. But uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. I don't I don't know what they what they planned. Is it all solar? That's a lot of a lot of energy to heat water to
0: come solar. Yeah, it doesn't say exactly. It just says a self sufficient energy system. Ninety percent. So I, I'm wondering if the brewery is the.
1: It's in the planning yeah, stage. Plan. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Um, well, and and on that scale, I'm assuming it's like brewpub type size equipment. Yeah, I don't think um, I don't think production. Um, everybody production everybody quite yet. Yeah, product. they. The article said a micro brewery. Yeah. So I'm gonna guess it's
2: probably pretty micro. Yeah, your typical your typical brewpub is somewhere around eight hundred to a thousand barrels a year, um, but uh, I don't know how much. How much roof space they have? Yeah, but like Alaska Brewing is is uh, has really more and more become off the grid because they're able to to burn their spent grain as a fuel source to make the beer, which is um, kind of a interesting loop in the waste like, cycle. It's like cold
0: fusion. Yeah, <laughs> once you yeah. brew your first batch, it just right. keeps going keep, forever. Keep it, yeah, keep it, keep it rolling. What well, says here that not only is it going to have a uh, brew pub, but going to do all the other stuff like the, you know, the, the brick oven pizza and burritos and mm-hmm. basically, oh, and they're going to grow their own hops. It's just, I don't know how much more of a, yeah. a, not knocking on Whole Foods, but I don't know how much more of a hippie store you can get than <laughs> 90% uh, of your energy made right. you brew pub, like... You know, yeah, I sushi. Know, I can't pizza. imagine they're
2: going to grow all of their own hops, but they're they they can certainly grow some. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was trying. I was to, it, but maybe they could
1: they be, they, be growing they, off site. Some giant farm. No farm. I have
2: no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, it yeah. will take some acreage. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have a sense of what our hop usage to acreage. You know, how many acres of, of are required to keep East End Brewing stocked in hops? But I'm sure mm-hmm. that's a number
0: that's attainable.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. be interesting to see. Be interesting to see too if they if that does really well, they might even start brewing for more stores. Yeah. Kind of have like a house brand. Um well yeah. and uh you know we've got a whole food
2: in the Pittsburgh area that serves beer, has a full-on pub inside. Yeah. Uh which for you know Pennsylvania residents is like
0: yeah, that's oh like blowing.
2: and the uh and the one here in uh uh and celebrity actually has a big orange sticker on their window, so they are oh. doing something. They're kind of hush-hush about what it is, but my belief is they're sticking a pub in there. Uh, that store is doing like three times the volume they predicted it to do, so it's oh, wow. crazy dizzy. I don't know where they're, what they're going to take out um, to, to, to fit that in. Maybe a, a few aisles of bread or something, but who knows?
1: Seems they get through like a the beer, up at, the beer up at the Wexford so I can only imagine it's what the on uh, on East Liberty, Liberty one would do.
2: Yeah. East Liberty one would do. Yeah. Yeah, I think we actually see a shift in, in uh, growler hours traffic um, because of beer in grocery stores now. Um, I mean, granted, we got some beer in the Whole Foods store, so that helps, but um, uh, we're finding that our customers are becoming more local, more more regional to the brewery, as opposed to um, you know up in Cranberry. People drive in on the weekends to come here, but they're not... As, as often, because they can get beer near their house now. Luckily, all those people are being replaced by locals that are drinking more, so. <laughs> That's good. And then jerks like me that still drive out here. That's, yeah, you know what, there's some there's some that'll still make the journey and we're
0: happy to uh, to provide the draw, so. So the next thing I saw, it was pretty cool and it's, uh, I've kind of, uh, on every show, I find a way to sneak this in, but I'm a huge fan of, of canning mm-hmm. beer. I'm just yeah. canning anything. I mean, it's, Cans are uh, easy, more easy to recycle. Right. I mean, aluminum's harder to make, but yeah. Yeah, once it's a whole, made...
2: Yeah, there's a whole school of thought about what goes into the,
0: the aluminum once it's there, but yeah, it's a better package for beer, yeah. by yeah. far, in my mind. Yeah. Uh, so he said, not this doesn't just count beer, but last year, Ball Corp, which makes most of the cans, made 2.5 billion cans. Yeah. That's just ridiculous. And they said that that's a huge jump from last year, and mainly because... Of the craft beer and cans movement, yeah. Um, now, mind you, some of that's not you know non, non, non beer but, beverage,
2: yeah, yeah, uh, and, and I'm sure a good yeah. a good chunk of that's probably um, energy drinks and stuff that hasn't yeah. hasn't been around that long and still relatively new and in growth, but, um, uh, but yeah, we're uh, we're moving in that direction, but problem is, we moved into the new space and we got. More capacity, great. We can make more liquid. We can fill more kegs. Well, now we can. Now that we got that covered, we can start looking at canning. Well, guess what? All the liquid brewing capacity has been sucked up, hmm. and we're actually more tanks already. Huh. So uh, every time that happens, we just push the, the canning out a little further. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you might have to go back and look at one of my uh, older shows of the mobile canning. Yeah, actually, I've, uh, we've been talking to the We Can guys, and uh, there's some there's uh, actually a mobile bottler as well um, that's uh, covering parts of Pennsylvania. Uh, it's a nice solution. I know that uh, uh, Lavery does some mobile canning yeah. uh, at, at their place, or I guess they have someone come in and do the mobile canning. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a nice way. it's a nice way into it, but still, if you don't have enough juice to put inside the package... <laughs> well, you can God, I it. you. It. It's uh, uh, focus local, local, and local and you're not
1: over <laughs>
2: Well, and you know, we're 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 kind of like growing as fast as we can, and mm-hmm. we could mm-hmm. hire a bunch of people to do a bunch of stuff, but that's not really our way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of mm-hmm. do stuff myself, right or wrong. And luckily, I've got a crew of guys that keeps the beer flowing while I'm distracted by you know whatever shiny object is. Uh, uh, Happening in the background.
1: Ryan's uh, forehead. Ryan's forehead.
0: Plenty of shine to go around. Yeah. I think I win. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like they say. It's the quality of the problem, not the quantity. So. Yeah, yeah. Running yeah. out of beer to sell is a pretty
2: good quality. Yeah, this is, this is yeah, play the violin a little louder. You know, damn, we don't have enough beer. You know, wonderful problem to have. So um, I,
0: I don't mean to sound like I'm whining, <laughs> even though I am. So it's kind of opposite of the uh, the growler thing we talked about, but in Arkansas they just passed a law that see how they worded it the Arkansas be- Arkansas Beverage Control is disallowing single beer container sales less than sixteen point nine ounces. So basically, you can't go into a bottle shop and buy a roadie. Yeah, <laughs> but, you one, know one
2: one to drink on the drive home. Which yeah. There was, there was, actually, I was talking to a guy yesterday, and he was telling me that he was it in Arkansas. There was a place. This was in the in the in the eighties, or, or maybe in the seventies. Um, oh, one of our customers, uh, John. Um, he was in Arkansas, and and there's a, a, a drive-through beer place, but it wasn't like drive-through and put the case in the trunk of the car. It was I will pass you my cup through the window like I'm getting like I'm getting a hamburger at a fast food price, I'm going to go turn that off, I'm
0: going to flip the show on pause for just a second. Yeah, that was staged. We just wanted to prove we're actually in a brewery. This isn't well, just what a is that fancy. Now? I don't know. We'll find out in a moment. Just had to prove this wasn't a an elaborate blue screen backdrop behind us.
1: <laughs> well, one, well, of, one the, of the uh, uh, brew assistants, assistants walked, up, walked up the ladder, the ladder right there. He so. so. photo
2: Sorry about that. That was um, That's Beautiful. my to-do list uh, uh, rearing its head. Our compressor is about to die, oh. and it uh, comes on from time to time. <laughs> the compressor should not be that loud. Um, but uh, anyway, um, so so our customer is tell, telling me that in Arkansas you could drive up, and they would give you a cup of beer while you're sitting driving your car, pass huh. through a window to you in your car. So maybe this is the continual continuation of that evolution away from the drinking while actually driving not just drinking and then going and driving but actually consuming while you're behind the wheel um, well the i
0: got I got to say that's that's probably a, <laughs> probably a positive well the thing the article um, uh, mentioned was that where that could hurt is when you know say Dogfish Head 120 minute comes out, right? And you want to go to your bottle shop and buy oh, one
2: a release, oh, or yeah. buy two. Oh, so
0: this is just this is sealed containers, and yes. you know, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah so that's, you can't. That's crazy. So with this law, you can't walk in, buy one 12 ounce bottle, put it in a bag, and leave.
2: Yeah,
0: you have to either drink it there or get a six pack, put it in a sealed bag, and then leave.
2: <clears throat> yeah, we get people asking us if a growler counts as a sealed container. I'm like,
0: if you leave the lid on. Sealed liquid's not falling out. I think that's what they mean. And just like uh, with those weird laws, I've seen places that will require... They they require you to put... Well, they'll put a a seal on the lid or they'll put a sticker. Some people do tape or... or, uh, Yeah, I I think the cap is sufficient. Yeah,
2: that's just all interpretation. With the number of growlers we filled here, that would be insane to have
0: to to handle that since that's our our life flow. Well... Next thing I got on my little list here is, I thought this was kind of interesting, so um, there's a lot of gluten-free beers out there, and a lot of them aren't, at least the way that the uh, FDA has changed their rules for gluten-free, aren't exactly gluten-free. They are right. gluten-removed. So they they process the the grain to take all the gluten out of it, then technically it's gluten-free because it goes underneath the parts per million. Yeah. You know gluten rule, um, but they changed it where that's they're gonna have to put a you know a nice long list of words where it's chemically gluten removed or mm, some. You that know. sounds delicious. Yeah. So they. It so changed, the and they changed. I they changed it like
1: a lot though. A lot though. Um, um, um,
0: what were,
1: were they just? What were they just? They changed. They seem to change that, that kind, of of kind of stuff a lot. Like organic, like organic, organic keeps having to have different different, uh, gluten-free, uh, keep gluten-free, label-approval, label
2: label-approval. Approval. Yeah. Yeah, I know that, uh, like, we've got a beer that's made from all organic ingredients. We can't say that the beer is organic. yeah Because those, mm-hmm. those mean different things. Uh, but all the malt that goes into it is organic, and all of the, the hops that go into it are, are organic. Uh, is our water organic? Is our yeast pitch from the previous batch free pitched into that organic? Probably not, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, the but the gluten thing is more because it's not it's in my mind it's more important because somebody actually can get sick yeah. if they're mm. reading the label. But the upside is they can drink a little bit and see how it is, and then they can hopefully have some identity with that brand and say, All right, well, Joe Blow's brand of gluten free beard makes me feel this way and <laughs> this other brand <laughs> makes me feel that way, so I will choose accordingly. That's
0: actually how I fill out my, my tasting book, yeah. my tasting log is Beer makes me feel this way, yeah. And, happy is yeah, what I write, just in. smiley that's face, a, frowny face. Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's the I think that's the new the new standard they're doing on Beer Advocate, right? They're yeah, just, they're just the um, the happy scale. You just it's just an emoticon, um, line, and you just pick the the smile that that, that suits you.
0: And when you go to the discussion board, it's just all the unhappy faces, right, just right.
2: them. Actually, I think the discussion boards are all miserable faces,
0: yeah. Okay, um, that's just in the comments. <laughs> oh, oh. Tipping my hand, and my website's blocked. Uh, damn. Yeah, so I thought I thought that was kind of interesting that it's it's basically just TTB trying to follow, you know, follow the the FDA, yeah. and uh, we actually mentioned this I think one or two shows ago. Um, there's one guy that approves every label for the TTB, right? Right. Just that every day.
2: Yep. That's and uh, and his first name is
0: Battle. That sounds kind of like a. Like a, a warning.
2: Yeah, it's still, he's a, he's a little adversarial in his nature, I think. Um that has to be a, pretty, Martin, to be a he's pretty
0: stressed a, guy. He's
2: a he's a nice enough guy. He's a bit of an odd duck, as you can imagine. A federal you know bureaucrat would be battle. If you're listening, hi. It's not me, Stan. Let's see.
0: But yeah, I mean um, that's that's just amazing though, because it said he did something like 150 thousand beer labels last year, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. Just amazing you yeah know, like and then that,
2: that, that says that the the, the regs are so absurd that you have to have like a hyper specialist that has that in his head that can go through and process this is out this is in this is out yeah you know, I, mm-hmm. uh, I you know you they, you submit back back before you could submit them online we actually had to mail some of ours in that's how uh, well, back in my day we? you know you had to, to, to mail it in and if you put it on uh, the wrong size paper, I forget if legal size or letter size, one was required and one was forbidden. And if it was just on the wrong staple to the wrong sheet of paper, it was rejected. And it's like a you know, two week cycle to get it mailed back to you. Just, oh, you know what?
1: Likely, you know what? likely, a government job, a government, government in-game, just been for 30 income, years, and all he used to have to approve, and was all used was to have to approve is Now worse. there's a zillion
0: right there. Uh, now.
2: Overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah, you're um, you're you're chopping out. Is, he, is she chopping out on everybody or just for us? I don't know. We got we got
0: about I don't know two thirds of that. But yeah, I mostly got the, got the idea.
1: Oh, it? Did it?
0: Oh yeah, you totally cut out. Okay, on we that got one. none of that at all. Um, yeah. maybe just be a little bit quieter, and it might. I know I told you be louder earlier, but it might be cutting out on you. Maybe before you talk, go, uh, and then talk. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. warms
2: it up. There's a little green thing that goes across the bottom, eh? Is that what the, uh, like the buffer is that kind of says who's holding the wheel? I think we have some ambient noise here that's still... Yeah.
0: And that might be the thing that might be getting us... Yeah. Anyway. So. Um... Yeah, we, so we've had, we've done many a,
2: many a dance with battle over the, uh, over the years. <laughs> um... Some some more ridiculous than others, but uh, uh, it, it it eventually it all it all pushes through. But you're right, the proliferation of beer labels that the the, the that department has to handle has got to be just breaking their backs because it's not. I mean, luckily, well, it's not like they get paid per label too because there's not a filing fee on it. So it's not like mm-hmm. they can hire more people because they have you know 200 times more label. Yeah. They just shove more through the poor guy's (laughs) inbox, I guess.
0: So, uh, last thing to mention, I saved it till the end of the news because it's fairly darn sad. The um, Stone actually lost a brewer this week. Uh, Had a forklift. uh, Crashed a forklift. It fell over on him. Uh, Name was Matthew Courtright. So, very sad news. It just shows that you know, I think we forget that brewing can be, you know, it can be a fairly dangerous, you know, fairly dangerous job at times. With you know, hundred pound, you know, couple hundred pound bags, and you know, enormous vats, and just
2: you know, simple, simple little things. We, we you know, there's so many ways. Actually, I had a um, uh, a mystery writer contact me through Twitter um, because she was writing a story about somebody being murdered in a brewery. Mm-hmm. And she's like, would you, are you okay to come, if I come out and talk about that? Oh. I'm like, sure, you know. So was, she's like, well, how would someone die in here? I'm like, how much <laughs> money do <you> have? <laughs> Any I'm, number, I'm, number you of ways. There's, of there's, you know, we can, we can do this chemically. We can do it with, uh, with heat or compressed air, no oxygen, oh, yeah. um, heavy objects, uh, or my personal favorite, uh, unloading kegs. That's how I tend to injure myself. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an awful thing to, to, to hear about um, in the industry and and my, my uh, hearts hearts uh, from East End brewing and thoughts of course out to, to um, uh, the whole stone family as as well as the Brewers family but uh, it's a wake-up call for every small brewer and you know this is stone this is a big a big established brewery yeah. that no doubt has policies and procedures in place that are Way, way more thorough than what we have. Each you know, we we have certain practices that are like, don't do that. That's you saying you're not OSHA That's as, that's the that's the limit of our of our documentation for a lot of things. <laughs> There's certain things that we actually sit down and write out and say, this is what you do and this is what you don't do. But mostly, it's you know, you bring the new guy in and he rides along with the head brewer and he stays you know under his umbrella until he's ready to to move into certain areas. And you don't move into another area until you've had that hands on tutelage. Now we've got six people at this brewery. So, you know, we don't have a, a a corporate safety officer and a, and a training department, but, but, uh, you know, for, for a brewery that's, um, that's as mature and as big as stone, I'm sure they have those things. And still there's no, you know, every accident is preventable, but God, it's, it's, uh, um, it, it, it definitely is a very sobering, um, that's probably a bad pun. Um, um, Subbing thought—I'll say it anyway—to yeah. uh, think about uh, something like that happening. And we have a forklift. We're actually staring at a forklift right there. So um, as soon as I saw the story, we had sent it out to the guys, and we had some conversation around it and how what can we do to up our game in terms of being safe around here. Yeah. What things can we do? And uh, just basic stuff. So I was like, hey, everybody, give me at least one thing that we we should change
0: because
2: mm-hmm. uh, there's always something to improve.
0: Well, toast to the uh, to. Making sure things don't happen. Badly. Yeah,
2: I'm all out of beer. So are we ready for some harvest, Maybe. I
0: think so. So all that's right? about. So that's about everything I had for the beer news. Oh. Um, the couple. It's. I don't know, it's kind of a weird time of year for for really cool beer releases, but a couple ones that I like that are coming out. Um, a lot of dogfish heads I haven't really liked too much lately, just because they've been a little too intense. Mm-hmm. Like camping, too intense. Solo oh, come camping. on. Did you not hear that pun? That's great. No, I can't hear well very well. Oh, really? Oh, I said, I don't like a lot of the dogfish beers because they're just like camping. They're, they're too intense.
2: Ah. Uh, 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 you were happier uh, before. Uh,
1: uh. Yeah. I'm wearing a dog I I'm wearing a dogfish. Like a... pumpkin shirt. They can't pumpkin. even like, get it up there. I can't even get it up
2: there. I, it's it's so pathetic I hardly drink anybody else's beer anymore because I'm too busy gazing <laughs> at my own navel to, to to look out and taste the beers that are happening in the world but um, uh, I haven't had a, uh, a, a a pumpkin beer of theirs or or anything from theirs in uh, in, a, in a good while what the pumpkins
1: what? out. Out. Wow. are you making a That's nunkin it? this yeah,
2: year not this year we are um and and I think we're gonna we're gonna mm. distribute some of it as well. Uh, Brendan and I were talking about that today. Um, that beer flies out of here. Um, Why don't and, you say what is? No, i Yeah. So so um, I people have been pestering us to do a pumpkin beer since me, since the since the year that we started. Um, and I, I always had a had a problem with um, with pumpkin beers because they they don't taste like pumpkins. They taste like pumpkin spices. Mm. And pumpkin flavor I, I, is really really subtle. So all the efforts that all the brewers go through, we're putting pumpkins in the kettle, we're roasting them in a pizza oven and putting them in the mash. We're dry pumpkining in the tank. We're doing all these you know these crazy things with pumpkins to try to get this out. And then it ends up being a beer that's usually kind of big, so it's got a lot of malt character. It's got a decent amount of uh, a hopping to it, and also usually a pretty big spice addition. So whatever subtle squash element of that is completely wiped away by all of that. So, so rather than, than, than brew a beer and go through all the pumpkin stuff or or put some token amount of pumpkins in, that's the other thing I see is like <laughs> you, you 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 read about a, a a brewery doing a pumpkin beer, a bigger brewery, and you see how many pounds of pumpkins they put into their, you know, two hundred barrel batch and kinda of do the math on it and go, Wow, so that's like, you know, two cans of pumpkins in 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 this or oh. some some
0: like trivial yeah. amount. It's
2: like well, what? Just Let's be honest with it, and we're not going to put. We're going to make a pumpkin beer with absolutely no pumpkins in it, and we're going to call it nunkin so that everybody can kind of embrace that lie out front, mm-hmm. out out in front before uh, um, before we get any further with it. I think people
1: so, want just, the pumpkin pie want the Pumpkin pie. I don't know, if the, really yeah, I don't know if the public really thinks about flavor. it as the public really getting flavor, they just want to bite into pumpkin. Yeah, pie. it's like
2: the idea. Just want to bite into
1: yeah. The pumpkin? Pie.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, you, know, you put. Whipped, I, I've I've seen it served with whipped cream on top of the beer. Mm-hmm. I've seen it with like a, a cinnamon sugar around the rim. Yeah, and, I see that a lot.
1: And I guess it's cake. You
2: know, cake. It's what's that?
1: We I had one with oh, cheesecake, cheesecake cake, literally around the around rim of the, of the glass. glass. Really. Yep. Yep. Actually, kind of. No joke, it was weird.
2: Yeah, it doesn't huh. sound like something. Hey, there's something on this. Can you? take Oh, that back? it was all yeah, around was too. Like all around it. too. Hey. Um. Yeah. That's. Uh, I don't know. It, it has its charms. You know, it gets it gets people excited about mm-hmm. beer. So it's a good thing. Uh, but um, so so Nunkin for us is uh, um, is our way of making making peace with the absurdity of pumpkin beers. Um, and we've to date only done the beer uh, in-house uh, uh, in growler sales. But now that we got well, we had more capacity. <laughs> um, um, but we, once once we're through harvest, we're going to turn our attention to the pumpkin uh, Nunkin. Excuse me. Uh, we, and, of course, we have to wait until the Nunkins are in season. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you haven't harvested the you know, Nunkins so, yet.
2: Yeah, so there is there is certainly quite a bit of seasonal creep. I think I saw the first pumpkin beers uh, locally made uh, in July. Yeah, end yes. of July. Uh, July. And, and uh, I, I I never cease to have my expectations low enough for when the, the somebody wants to be first. You know, what it, that was a horrible sentence. It made no okay. sense, but you know what I'm mean.
0: talking about. Yeah, I think um, it's just they... It, you know, one brewery will put it out a week earlier, right? And then you can't stick to your guns and put it out when you think it should because everyone's going to be pumpkin bearded out by the time you put your right because you
2: got three cases of pumpkin beer because you want to, especially Pennsylvania because it's a case law for the most part. So you're buying a whole case of of a pumpkin beer, and let's say you buy three different pumpkin beers in July and August when it's actually time for pumpkins to be released. You're you're either sick of the beer or you got a whole beer fridge full of it yeah. and i don't yet, know if you're, you're sick kind of, your of beer, beer
1: of but if you come out too yeah. late you with your pumpkin beer you're going to be creeping, beer, beer. Be creeping on, the, uh, <laughs> on the uh winter seasonals
2: right right yeah i actually wanted to do a do a beer called seasonal creep um uh, and uh put like a creepy eye on it or something like <laughs> uh, but i guess somebody else already has that. Uh, oh. then the oh. beer that a beer that they brew on uh february 29th so at least somebody has it one year out of four huh. um so it's it's absurd
0: yeah but that kind of hits our pumpkin beer the dogfish had pumpkin they made it for the pumpkin junkin uh it's one of
2: yeah catapult uh uh pumpkin event they do
0: yeah Mm -hmm. so it's one of the few pumpkins i really like um i can't say it's because it's phenomenal or great in any way Mm -hmm. i like it yeah well that's
2: what it's all about Um, that's what you know you're not, if you're drinking a beer you don't like, why are you drinking
0: that beer? <laughs> now, one I'm kind of interested for the first time uh, uh, Kentucky Brewing is coming out with a pumpkin barrel ale. So, their bourbon barrel ale with pumpkin. I don't know how that'll taste.
1: Uh, heavy Seas uh, heavy for heavy a number of seas, years number has of done a bourbon, bourbon barrel aged, bourbon aged bourbon bourbon pumpkin. Pumpkin. Um, oh, not heavy on, bur- pumpkin heavy
0: on the, bur- pumpkin on the bourbon.
2: Day. Say that again, you're flipping out. I can't hear you gotta do that. I can't hear you guys do that. How about that? I think that's better. Anybody hear us? I think
1: that's better. Can our
2: listeners hear us? Yeah,
1: you
0: that's all that matters. Speak, speak up, listener.
1: Yeah,
0: that's all that matters. <laughs> um, but, but, so a yeah, isn't that like the uh the angrier pumpkin or something? Yeah, yeah, it's
1: greater pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, it's greater
2: pumpkin.
0: Greater, that's it.
2: Greater pumpkin.
0: Oh, um, like like the great
2: pumpkin, but greater. Yeah, the unbarrelled. pumpkin. Well, it's made the great pumpkin great. too, but great the greater and was and the bourbon barrel one. Now, what brewery would name a beer one thing and then put ER at the end of it and and I uh, uh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> actually have yeah, plans for a fatter Gary. Really? Uh, uh, really? Coming up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the silliness of maybe like an Imperial
0: Mild or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the one beer coming out I thought was really cool that I'd love to try. Trobes is coming out with the, their Splinter Beer. Did you see that, Amanda?
1: Um, I, did.
0: Um, I did, yes. yes. Um, it's, I think I was reading the story about it, I think it's pretty interesting. So it started two years ago with Scratch 34. Uh, we mentioned the Scratch beers, I think, last week, week mm-hmm. before. Um, so it wouldn't ferment, in, wouldn't re-ferment in bottles, so they put it in wine barrels to deal with it later. Tried to bottle it again, and it wouldn't work. So they just left it in. Some of that. So they left it in for two years. Uh, tried it to be earlier in this year, uh, after you know doing some Brett and the, the barrels, and found out it's an amazing Brett beer. Now it's, it was meant to be a double. Now it's a Brett double. Um, so they're gonna hopefully do 750 milliliter bottles in their new their new bottling line. Wow, Cajun cap I think they just got or Cajun cork. Um, really interested to try that nice to see that uh
2: not everybody has trouble getting their 750s to uh to, to condition
0: and that's actually something i wanted to to ask you about here in a minute yeah yeah so the last the last beer co- that's coming out is the one that we were just drinking and want to talk about is uh east end's big hop harvest like i said yep. one of my favorite beers um it's a wet hop beer and just great great beer thanks so that kind of pushes us over into uh, kind of what the whole show's about this week, is, you know, hops and hop techniques and all that you know, kind of fun stuff. Um, so I said it's it's a wet hop beer. Uh, wet hopping, you know, most people know what that means. It's, you know, wet versus dry hopping doesn't just mean it's, right. you know, a fresh hop or an unfresh hop. Wet hopping is technically when you get the actual, you know, these guys, the green Know, fresh fresh yeah. hop cones and put it in the beer instead of you know pellets or extract or something um, right. And dry hopping is when you put the hops into the fermenter after you brew so that means technically you can dry hop with wet hops right which is really confusing to,
2: to the <laughs> consumer uh, uh and beer lover out there um uh, because people have heard about dry hopping and and people hear the term wet hops and they're just Completely confused by the whole, by the whole, um, notion of it. And actually, can, are you able to hit pause on this and, uh, we can, we can put some in the glasses or would you like to tap dance around while I, uh, uh, pull some beer out of the tank for us? I think we'll tap dance. All right. Get your tap shoes out.
0: <laughs> so, um, Amanda, well, we have a sec. Um, do you get any, any, you know, people weird when you do like beer samplings about your, you know, if you say like it's a dry hop or a wet hop, do they look at you like you're crazy? Um,
1: I try not to get too technical in my samplings unless I feel like I'm talking to somebody that you know gives a shit or knows a little bit. Um, if you were to just say dry hopping to the average consumer or just someone wandering by during a sampling, it seems like too much to explain.
0: Yeah, I I kind of agree. I mean, I think it's I mean I th- I think it's useful. I think it's interesting. But then so is trying to explain what a hot pack is. And,
1: right, yeah. And I'm not and, trying to say like yeah, the average the consumer is an idiot or something, but a lot of people that come up to you during a sampling are just passing by to get a free sample and they're more concerned about yeah. what it tastes like than how it got to be like that, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've seen a couple people, uh, you know, like bar workers, or you know, people actually pouring the beer in a bar, get, you know, see that listed and they kind of give it a, a funny look. But it's—I almost kind of wish it wasn't dry hop and, and wet hop because it seems like they should be the same thing, and they're really not, and it's—it's kind of confusing.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you know who your you consumer is that wants to hear about it. You know when to bring it up and when not to. So.
0: Yeah, that was when I was first learning about beer. That's one of the things that kind of kind of tripped me up. Was I? I thought you know when I first started talking about beer that wet hops was using fresh hops and dry hopping was
1: mm. pellets, or something. pellets or something
0: yeah exactly was actually dried hops
1: God, where's
2: mine Where's mine?
0: oh yeah here you can have a sip of mine virtual
2: god <laughs> <laughs> i didn't pour it in the keyboard yet again so what we have here uh scott don't you tell us yeah so um What we do is we brew a uh, big hop IPA is our flagship beer, and we brew a slightly stronger version of that um, as we start nearing uh, the hop harvest season. And um, over the years, the the process has changed for it quite a bit uh, in terms of how we use it in the brew house and how we use the hops in the cellar. But um, we actually did back in 2005, um, our first year of operation, um, when it was just me trying to figure out how all the parts and pieces work, actually did a wet hopped beer uh, that first year. Uh, nobody knew what in the hell it was, um, and I'm pretty sure I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, I'm not sure much of that has changed, but at least people know what it is now. Um, but um, we don't really have hop fields growing in Pittsburgh. Well, not yet. We're actually working on, on that. But um, we have a—the uh, uh, first year we did it, we got hops shipped from the West Coast— and uh the hop cones actually i should grab more than just these ratty ones here um the hop cones are extremely perishable it's kind of like leaf lettuce only more Mm -hmm. more perishable um so um for this year's version um we stay in close contact with the farmer up in finger lakes region of new york uh, and we wait for him to give us the call that the hops are ready to be picked and we basically um, have the, the tank empty and ready to go we get the call that he's starting to pick and we start driving and six hmm. hours later we're there loading up the car with hops turn around um and drive back and put him straight into the tank um so the, the the shorter that window is the better the better things are um uh, and actually the guys got in with uh with hops just last night um so we did two hop runs this year Willamette and Mound Hood hops were ready a little bit early, so that was about two weeks ago, and then yesterday they just got back from uh, doing the the other drive to, I think it's Seneca Falls, Seneca Valley, Mm. someplace in in Finger Lakes region, beautiful area. Um, So they just got in last night with hops, they were exhausted from all the driving, so they didn't get them into the tank until this morning, and what we're tasting here is actually harvest that has had hops on it since, like, 7 or 8 o'clock this morning, so... um, uh, it's not done yet. It's going to sit on the hops at least until tomorrow, or the next day, maybe three days. You know, it's always a circulate it and run it around in the hops to see how it is and mm-hmm. and taste it. But so carbonation's a little low on this. Uh, it's got a little bit of a little bit of, um, of a, of a collar of foam on it, but um, uh, but the uh, that resinous uh, green quality of the, of the of the hops is already there, even mm-hmm. just with a few hours in the tank. Um, so it's. We've taken to adding them on the cold side initially. Um, I did half of them in the kettle, and then I didn't have a hop back. I still don't have a hop back, so we would clean out the mash tun. We, being me, uh, clean out the <laughs> mash tun, jump all the, the second dose of hops in there, and then recirculate out of the kettle the hot wort on top of them uh, okay. in the mash tun, basically using it as a giant hop back, and then run it out to the, to the fermenter from there. Uh, and then ferment as usual. So over the years, uh, and again, we've been doing this since 2005, little by little, the hops have made their way later in the process we were making these baby steps. And um, we tried crafting a hop back out of a spare tank we had uh, with some marginal improvements. uh, And then we started seeing really big improvements in the quality of the beer uh, when we started doing more in the the, uh, the fermenter. So we actually took our 15-barrel tank, which is... um, i can point to it here it's <laughs> that one oh no giggling that one right there uh we filled that tank from floor to ceiling with hops um last year and used it as a giant hop strainer like packed it in dr- adding beer to the top and drawing it out of the cone in the bottom circulating that um for hours to extract the extract the hopping goodness out of it uh and the problem with that was um the hops are all loose, and the hatch is on the top of the tank, and so uh, it was about a day uh, trying to get all that vegetable material out of there, um, trying to blast cold water up into the bottom of the tank and clean it out, and it was it was it was a, it was a, a nightmare.
0: So um, we've improved our process a little since then. But I think that's what a lot of people, you know, a lot of home brewers and you know, people that just like beer in general, think that brewing is this. You know, super fun, glamorous. You know, it, as easy as making your five gallon batch at home, and then you're done, and you just hang around your and drink beer. Yeah, we're just we're just
2: pretty much drink all day. That's all we do. At the brewery. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> the you know you, I'm sure you've seen the graphic with the you know what my mom thinks I do, what you know mm-hmm. uh, what our customers think we do, all the you know for various various people in various industries. But um, it's uh you know it's a it's a it's a it's a game of, of trying to be creative and find a solution to something that you, there's a, there's a a hundred ways to, to, to add hops to a beer. Um, and when you've got a wet hop, it's a delicate live plant. Uh, and you're trying to capture some essence out of that. And you can figure, try to figure out what the chemistry is of what you're trying to do and make an approach based on that. But the reality is the, 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 empirical data is going to differ from what it says on paper anyway so mm-hmm. you may as well just try different things and see what works. Yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah. Give this guy a try and see how it tastes. Yeah, sure. Cheers, Cheers Amanda. Okay, okay. it's uh, not harvest, but uh. yeah, it def- definitely has a little bit of a different taste. Yeah, it's got a uh, uh,
2: uh, a little bit of resinous quality to it. Actually, I'm yeah. going to run and grab, a, grab some hop cones to, to drop in. This is something you can do at home <clears throat> if you have fresh hop cones. Um, you don't need to dry them out. And, you know, if you only have, like, a handful from a plant that you grew in your backyard, uh, not enough to make a batch of beer or you don't know what the bitterness is, um, this is a great
0: a great use for them. That. So, so, while Scott's getting that, I, don't know, I think I told you this, Amanda, the first time I came to East End uh, Brewing was when they had their old brewery. And I brought my wife with me, and we went in, and it was big hop harvest time. So I was getting my growler filled, and they had a bag of hops laying on the counter for you to shake a couple, you know, drop them into your beer, drop them into your uh, growler before you go. And she looked at me all worried, and I I looked at her, I said, What's wrong? And she said, Is that weed? And just thought, she thought that I just took her to some super shady place. yeah, right, where everyone was smoking. Yeah, which, now mind you, the the door to East End back then was on an unmarked building on a side street with a keg holding the door open.
1: Still not 100% clear down there.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't, uh, I could kind of understand the, you know, the the kind of worry for the first time being there. Oh, yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, that goes back to what we said last week with the uh, hops and marijuana being so close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of struck me as funny. So yeah, I, really uh, cool.
1: I never did see the old brewery, which was kind of like my running joke with Scott for a long time, was, he, you know, he's been doing this since 05 or whatever. I've been involved in this in some way or the other since 08, and I never saw his old place. So, oh, well, end we of an were. era.
0: Oh wow, yeah.
2: Now that's a hoppy beer. Yeah. So um, give a give a whiff on that. Our entire um, cooler uh, just smells incredible right now. Since I walked in the door, I smelled it. So, um, so what you can do is find a nice, super super clean green one there, and uh, what I like to do is to tear them in half down the middle. And just to see what, to show you what we're looking at here, so I can hold it up without. I need a manicure. Whoops. Um, so all of that nice yellowy stuff in there—that's all the. Oh, that's all oh the yeah. goodness. Yeah. So um, you pick that off your keyboard and drop it in my in my glass. Ah, yeah, it's fine. My computer smells like hops. Um, go double up. Uh, and if you just have hops at home, you can stick them into a beer. And uh, it'll actually knock it around in there for a half a minute will actually up the hoppiness uh, of the beer. Um, can't really get that from palletized hops. You can't. I was really about get to get ask that. From, yeah, from, from whole leaf hops. Maybe a little bit, but it's not really the same. The fact that they're green and uh, I'm trying to get them to drown a little bit. Um,
0: yeah, I already get a little bit of a different smell.
2: Yeah. So, um... So yeah, it's a nice, uh, someone came in here and they're like, yeah, I can take a, a glass of Miller Lite and drop a hop cone in it. And uh...
0: Well, that's like
2: our... Uh, the squirt yeah, flavoring. I, I, guess yeah. if the, yeah, I guess if you need to do that, that's... You know, well, have you seen the squirt flavoring? For for hoppy beer, for hops? or, or beer. Oh, no, I have not. It's, it's not like the it. IPA and the ale yeah, or whatever. Like the oh, meal. So. Uh, I, yeah, I've seen the, I, I, saw, I read something about it and just kind of like grimaced and well, when I see it out, we're buying it and trying it. Uh, well, you know, if you, oh, um, I if you we're if you, still waiting for our free sample. Yeah, you know, and and uh, who was it? Uh, um, Ray Ray Daniels. I, I he posted something about it, and I replied, and he said, you know, back in the nineties, uh, that was a really that would have been a really useful thing because there wasn't you couldn't you couldn't find a beer that was decent. You had to like you know it was a major pilgrimage to go to a bar that had a decent hoppy beer on, on tap that was in good shape. But now we live in a in a wonderful world where these these things are are more readily yeah. available. Um and uh uh it's kind of it's it's time has sort of passed. I think Brian and I
1: decided if we were uh stuck on like marooned on an island or something, we would take some
2: and all we had was yes. uh, kegs
1: of Budweiser.
2: Yeah, I think I'd just, you know, bring bourbon or something maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Just just change the change the tune completely. Or yeah, or maybe if you're on the moon and you know, the beard choices on the moon are, are limited, it um, might be a good good way for all you astronauts out there tuning in to uh, uh to the podcast. Budweiser about so the main
0: least the rights to it. <laughs> so I'll be happy to show it to them. They to won't change, change the ingredients
1: at all. <laughs>
2: the ingredients <laughs> they won't change the ingredients. They'll keep it right. They'll keep it pure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so one more question about the, you know, fresh hops. Yeah. When you brew with fresh hops, uh, what's the difference between, like, if you made this beer with pellets? What's the the size difference you're looking at or the weight difference you're looking at? Um, yeah, the, the,
2: so, uh, these are as wet hops. If you're talking poundage, um, they generally weigh four times as much as, as dried hops. So whole leaf hops and pellets are more a more compressed version of that, because I guess they pull out some of the, the stemmy and leafy stuff on mm-hmm. it, so it's a little more concentrated. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's roughly a four-to-one, um, but the price isn't exactly one-fourth. <laughs> uh, uh, not to mention all of the uh, absolutely ridiculous handling that we do. Um, it's probably our second most ridiculous beer that we've ever brewed, um, uh, and we do this one. Willingly and in large amounts, at least as, the, as most as we can do. That's the other just, thing it is... just
1: globs up the tanks, yeah. right? Is it, yeah. is it a bitch to clean?
2: Well, everything's... It's from, a, from a cleaning side to uh, all the driving and getting them here, um, it's not really economical to hire a shipping company to, to do this, like, very tightly scheduled delivery. Um, no, so we no, just end
0: up doing it personally. No, when you say delivery, I, I wish I could find the picture from, I think it was last year for the hop delivery that was a scion i think xd yep, yep.
2: the scion went this year too actually just like yeah it's parked in the lot um my wife's uh the little toaster car um packed to the actually there's a picture of it up on on uh, on eastendbrewing.com right now okay um as well as some really beautiful pictures of uh the, the hop vines before and after they were picked um uh, up in up in New up um, uh actually, the picture that's on there is brendan's uh c r x that's uh okay. that's packed yeah. um and then the second run that we did we actually did two vehicles so his 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 Honda and the scion went on the trip so huh. um it's yeah I stuffed six hundred pounds into into that and that was actually too much for that car not that it's a yeah
1: a I believe one. it believe <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> but it's but it's well it's it's really it's too much volume really because when you pack it to the ceiling and you run well, <laughs> here's the thing you you run the AC full blast right you're trying to, to keep the hops as cool and well preserved as possible but when they're all packed into the ceiling it's it starts to compost in the center there's no avoiding oh, it it starts uh-huh. generating heat and. So the AC is blasting the whole the whole way, and you do what you can. But as we're unloading, we're feeling some of them are kind of warm mm-hmm. because there's a lot of moisture on them because they're coming. It's a plant, yeah. you know. It's going right out of the field. So he's literally taking them out of the field, running them through a the machine to pick the cones off, putting them into a cabbage bag, a big mashed cabbage bag, and then stuffing them into the into the car. So if you see, God, the you have of the to, car, to toss like, any. What's that? You have
1: to throw any away, or are they all good when you get back?
2: Um, you know, like like you look at just this, this stash, and actually these aren't from New York. These are from uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jody Sherman, who has some hop plants in uh, Portersville, um, PA, up near Slippery Rock. Uh, he's got, I don't know, 20 plants on a, on a friend's land, piece of land, and he picks hops every year. He grows them just for fun, and we give him a bunch of beer um, when he brings us a bunch of hops. So generally these are, are really pristine because they've been literally hand-picked. Each one of these has been plucked off by a person oh, okay. sitting around drinking beer, um, pulling them off of these kind of sharp and scratchy vines. It's not a pleasant task. That's why there's usually a lot of beer involved. But um, you know, like this one, you know, it's got some some brown bits on it. It's not quite as pristine as uh, as it could be. So you know, you want to be you want to be selective when you're dropping your cone in your glass. Some of them are bigger than others, but they got a little little brown mark on it. Um, but the, the the leaves on the outside of the of the cone are more more what see the signs of wear and tear um, from temperature. It's the stuff inside that really you're 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 trying to, to, to use and make use of. So you know if I had my way I would tear each of them in half and put them in there, but it's <laughs> no boy. No they, boy. they weigh they weigh nothing. So six hundred pounds is is a, a giant volume of hops. Um, and over the over the years, well the first time, the first time I got them, um, he, the, the, the grower, or the first time I got him from New York state, the grower had a truck that was, um, headed down like I 79. And then he was going like into Ohio. And so I was able to meet the truck and save me like, you know, half of this trip up. I'm like, Oh, this is fantastic. But I was on the trucker's schedule. And so as it worked out, it was, um, uh, that's Joe in the background. We're doing a little, uh, brew house cleaning as we go and getting set up for tomorrow's, uh, double batch brew day. Um, so anyway, so uh the the, the the trucker has me um meet him and this is like pre cell phone era because this is like two thousand and six, I guess. Uh pre cell phone for me anyway. Um I'm given instructions to meet this trucker at the side of the road at an exit on I seventy nine at three, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, this story is not
1: appropriate for the blog.
0: Yeah, yeah, and 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 but it was for hops. Yeah, and nothing looks shady at all about meeting a trucker at three in the morning and throwing bags of green yeah into the bed of a truck.
2: Yeah, let me throw a few bales of this in here, and and not shady at all. Looking over my shoulder, like, am I? This is it. I'm. This is how it how it happens. And not not to mention, I pull I pull to the exit, and there's twenty
0: trucks, Mm -hmm.
2: and they're all like. He's like, Yeah, I'll be I'll be pulled over on the side of the road. Well, am I gonna go start knocking on tr- truckers' <laughs> cabs at 3 a.m. going, hey buddy, got some hops for me, pal? Like, you know, not really how I wanna spend my Friday night, but um, somehow he saw me blinked his lights, which I was hoping that wasn't like some code, code. Or, you know, <laughs> code. I don't I don't know what's going on at the at the truck stop. But um yeah, we met up and backed back my little pickup against his giant tractor trailer and threw all the hops in, and I was on my way. Huh. Uh, but I gotta say, putting them putting them in the Scion is better because um, that's my wife's car. Um, <laughs> so when I turn that turn that car back to her, uh, she'll like drop the kids off at school and then come back home and like, oh, God, I really want beer, <laughs> it's just, like the whole thing. And just when you think that the car is the hop smell has has faded in the car. Uh, she turns the air conditioning on, huh. and because it's been like blown through the whole AC system, just filled with hop oils, it just it it starts it all over again. What well,
0: every time I see the pictures of that, I always think, what what would happen if you got pulled over? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, now these ops don't smell amazingly like marijuana, but there's that in aspect large quantities, to it, they do get yeah. just that little hint of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, and in I mean my, into an
0: untrained cop,
2: just. Right, yeah, it's like a some here's a guy doing a run for the border. At least it's in bags that are marked cabbage, Ooh. so you know they don't makes total sense. Right, right. right. Your cabbage looks suspicious, there, young man. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, my my get out of jail free card was always like um, the cars registered to the brewery, like the the, the, um, the pickup truck was, but these guys like drove their own cars because they have more capacity than the pickup truck actually has. So. Um, yeah, a little, a little, uh, a little dodgy, to say the least.
0: So, the last thing I wanted to, to mention here, since we're kind of getting near the end, is just a little bit about East End itself. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I've been, I've loved you guys for years, uh, but you know, how did you start? How did you decide that you, know, you wanted to do beer and actually get it going? Um. Well, i i uh, I
2: came to came to beer the way a lot of people come to beer these days, which is, um, uh as a home brewer. Um, I was home brewing for about eight or nine years. Um, uh, worked for a big fortune 500 company. Um, my background is engineering, uh, lived in some great places, great, great beer cities, um, around the, around the country, Chicago and San Francisco in particular. Um, and, uh, I worked for that company for maybe 13 years and, um, kind of got a new job like every two years. And it was, I wasn't one of those guys that said, I hate my corporate job. It was like, I worked with good people and I, and I had interesting work, but I was homebrewing at the time. Um, and, and we moved back home to Pittsburgh and I quit that job and took another corporate job that lasted about six weeks. Hmm. Um, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I've done this before (laughs) and quit my job. Um, uh, and, uh, started working on a business plan. Um, Oh, and so, as you, a, so
0: you quit before?
2: Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> um, in hindsight. Um, so were you married then? Yep, oh. yep. Sole, sole breadwinner for a family of four. Huh. Um, uh, and we had some uh, we had some personal savings which we um, immediately uh, uh exhausted um, Threw. and and uh, I, you know, I've always been kind of a cheap guy. <laughs> um, you know, my 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 my. my parents were more like depression era kids so like you know my programming is live on the cheap and uh i i found that i really like put the screws to that and and i i i was there was a time when i was doing things with the brewery where i was like saving reusing a hose clamp um, and a piece of tubing that was like okay. rusted and ratty that I could clean it and use it again. It's like how much time I spent chasing like nickels and pennies, mm-hmm. uh, walking past, you know, uh, um, uh, the, the, the notion of, hey, if you make beer sooner, you can get money sooner and pay for things. But, um, but yeah, it was a different, it was a different, also a different world for beer. You couldn't open your doors and say, hey, we're making beer now and come buy our beer and we've got growlers on site. Uh, it was our first growler hours I, I, I we were selling like you know three four growlers of beer I still remember oh, the wow. first time after like a month or two into it somebody came in and bought um, on one day uh, a guy bought three growlers I'm like man I got like like 45 bucks in my pocket Aww. I'm gonna go like, like buy a frozen burrito, man. I'm gonna live. <laughs> I'm really, really excited about about this, and and it's it's because there wasn't the audience for beer that there that there was today. So, um. But you know what? In in hindsight, I certainly wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have done it uh, in that sequence. Quit the job and and start <laughs> start the brewery. Uh, but, um, it certainly is motivating and uh, uh, lights the fire where you need to make it happen. My, my notion was never to be a place where people came anyway. My, my notion was to be a, a production brewery that had beer on tap in bars and restaurants around town. And then I discovered when people kept coming to the brewery, um, and all I could offer them was a keg, which was more of a commitment than the <laughs> average <laughs> beer drinker is after on a Saturday afternoon. Um, uh, once I discovered I could do growlers it sort of changed everything.
0: So yeah, so fast forward to a couple years ago, Yep, uh, 100% maxed out your old brewery.
2: Right, yeah. For the first time uh, in our history, um, we had zero growth uh, because uh, the building couldn't make any more beer. We could we didn't have any room for any more tanks, and adding bodies wouldn't have helped. We just it was fermentation space. So yeah, something had to happen. We had to we had to move, uh, or stay where we were. And staying where we were even presented a problem because at the time I think we had done like. 25, 35 different beers, and since we had no no growth, the main beers that we distribute sort of took over, and all the small batch experimental beers, um, we had to, to sort of table all of that, mm-hmm. and so not only did we need capacity, but we also, I didn't like the, 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 the direction the brewery was heading. We could, we could have become a one-beer brewery um, uh, at that point, and that's just manufacturing at that point yeah i mean there's something to be said for for you know sharpening sharpening the sword uh uh and getting better and better at one beer but um uh but wasn't there you know we we make a lot of esoteric and weird beers that never leave the brewery except in a growler so um so yeah so we uh we, we bought a building um that we're sitting in
0: now uh about a mile from our old space so uh Kind of the between there and now that I thought was really cool, that sadly I couldn't be a part of, but I wish I would have, is the Good Beer Investment Program, which I haven't really seen anywhere else. I mean, it's kind of the you know a stock idea so to speak, but yeah, um, I thought that was a pretty cool idea.
2: Well, yeah, we had we had um, for those of you that um, don't um, spend every waking moment reading every page of our website or our Twitter feed. Um, we did a, basically a crowdsourced model, but not via Kickstarter. Um, a lot of the, what I saw in, in Kickstarter was um, startups uh, or, or places that were offering kind of kind of premiums for actual investment. And I wasn't looking, you know, I, I always would talk with my wife about this and say, there are people that want to invest in what we're doing. Maybe they would taste the beer at the old place and look around the room and go, God, this place is a whole, but the beer's good. Uh, maybe maybe I can offer to help them. Um, so we had no shortage of people that were offering to, to, to kick in, but I didn't really want to give away ownership or creative control of, of any aspect of the brewery. So um, it's kind of it's kind of like one part um, CSA. I don't know if you're familiar with the CSA. Confederate um, States of America? No. Uh, yeah. uh, Community Supported Agriculture um basically it's buying a farm share so you may subscribe to a um uh the local one here that we actually are a, are a drop spot for is uh penn's corner so um you pay a fee at the beginning of the growing season and every week you have a a, a box of fresh produce waiting for you at a pickup spot okay and the contents of that box are going to be of the farmer's choice so you may get you know kale for four weeks in a row whether you like kale or not if you otherwise you're you're out of luck but um generally it's a nice mix and they mix it up uh to keep it interesting uh but the idea is that the farmer has that money at the beginning of the season so that they can plant and um you're also taking a couple of links out of the chain you're getting Mm -hmm. straight from the grower uh great great way to support local local farms and get uh force you to to be a more creative cook too uh you know because now you have to figure out how how to cook these these um what would I do with uh, with a with a uh, 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 a kumquat, you know? Yeah. Um, actually, I actually don't think they grow local, local kumquat Local local Yeah, I don't think that's a that's a thing. So, um, uh, but at any rate, um, so it's kind of part CSA and kind of a little bit like a like a co op model because um, we have the East End Food Co op right down the street where you basically pay a hundred dollar. Um, membership fee, and at any time, if you want to no longer be a member, you can say, Give me my hundred bucks back, and go on your merry way. But that gives you some some benefits and some discounts. Um, so, ours was basically um, we did thousand dollar shares, and uh, people were purchasing uh, essentially gift certificates, uh, buying futures. Uh, so, here's a thousand dollars that I'm going to get back. We actually printed money, beer money, up. Uh, which required some counter, counterfeit proofing uh, or ca- counterfeit measures on it, um, and so people had these vouchers that they could come and spend to buy, spend on anything that we that we that we sell: t-shirts, hats, beer, of course, uh, kegs, what have you. Um, and uh, and if after three years um, you haven't used your thousand dollars of vouchers, um, we'll cut you a check and buy them back from you. Um, so the idea is it's really a bridge loan. Um, we're not, we're not giving you a discount on the, on the beer that you're buying or, or the credit that you're buying. We're just really asking for, um, uh, some working capital to help us make this, this leap because we're essentially, we're digging a hole for ourselves and then we know we're going to be able to climb back out of it with, mm-hmm. um, with more production, bigger, bigger, shinier things. Um, uh, in place. And, so, and, and of course you get a, you know, a t-shirt, uh, Oh there's, the oh, there's a t
0: shirt? There yeah, there's t shirts involved. Yeah, there's always a t shirt See the shirt. The thing I liked was, I, I've seen a lot of your releases lately. Yeah. Have been, the, you know, started off like the first hour or two of the release, or the first day was, right. you know, investment program people, and then, it, you know, us, us right. other folk.
2: Right, right. You, you, you commoners. That's commoners. Uh, uh, yeah, we do a, uh, the Good Beer Investors basically get first dibs on any bottle releases. Um, so that's a nice perk that we can, we can give. It keeps them in touch with what we're doing at the brewery and gives them a little bit of, uh, you know, of a thank you preferential for helping us, uh, helping us through this important growth step. Um, and in fact, the time when that's really gonna, gonna, um, play out for people is, uh, for the gratitude release. because uh, the, the other beers generally when we do a release, we don't sell through all of what we have. Uh, but, uh, but, but gratitude, um, uh, is a, is a big day for us.
0: So. And that's the the two beers you do that i wish i like more than Big up harvest mm-hmm. but are just amazing in their own right is uh one homewood reserve ah which nice. for those of you not in the pittsburgh area um homewood reserve it, and i'm sure someone will yell at me for this but i like it it's very similar to black ops i think with black okay. ops i like it better than black ops mm. so I'm um, call I me crazy a, I, haven't have, me.
2: I haven't had enough black ops to know um, um I do, I will say that this version of Homewood Reserve is the best that we've done uh, of the previous years. We're learning a little bit more of how mm-hmm. to handle the barrel and, and we got more, we got more everything yeah. here. It's, is that in house right, right now for
1: purchase?
2: purchase? Uh, we have uh, sold through the last of the bottles of it, uh, but we do have some draft that's going to be uh, actually running through the scene here to um, a couple of select draft spots, uh, as we like to say around town. <laughs> um, um, Might
0: have to find those select draft spots and, yeah, and uh, get, a, get a growler.
2: And and you know what? It'll it'll pop in periodically because uh, we've got about nine kegs of it that are stashed in the walk-in. That um, when we have a gap in our lineup, it's a beer that that keeps well. So we'll use that. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have a we have a, a two week break until this next beer is going to be ready. Run the Homewood Reserve, and people are like, "Oh, I can get a whole growler of it. <laughs> Fantastic!" Um, so it's 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 fun to have have those to to sort of surprise people when they yeah. come in because. I, I You know, we like our customers to come in
0: every week or two and, and always find something that's going yeah. to excite them. So. And then the other beer is, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, uh, Gratitude. So, yes, yes. Uh, Gratitude is a barley wine. It um, is. And
2: I brought a prop while I was upstairs shutting off the loudest compressor in the world. Um, the, uh, the, the other...
0: So a uh, yearly release, the barley wine. wine. Uh, if you notice the color on it, the color and the bird change every year too, right? Right, yeah. We do a, a, a brand new label. <clears throat> um for it every year. Um,
2: and we started out with uh actually I should have brought the old, I've got vintage stuff from all the the, the years we've done before. Uh we started out with a uh a, a big badass looking pro on here uh and red wax and it had gratitude written in red across the top. And we did that first release, and the well, we'll talk about the label and some of the other more ridiculous aspects of the package, but um we and this is we, being myself and my wife and anybody else who was listening to me talk, decided that, hey, you know what, Red, maybe we, we did this kind of as a thank you beer for the, the end of our first year. We survived the first year of operation. Um, and I had never <laughs> brewed a barley wine before, actually. It was the very first time I had ever brewed barley wine it was on the commercial system. It was a 20-hour brew day. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a little emotionally scarred from it. But it's yeah. been seven seven eight years, nine years. I'm almost almost through the therapy. Mm-hmm. Um so uh anyway, uh we decided that red was uh a great place to start and well let's do Roy G biv right through the spectrum. And um uh yeah, we're finally finally now at uh at Violet after uh, Oh it
1: um, literally runs the Roy G biv. Roy G. biv?
2: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so um yeah, I should go get the other um, the other props. It makes a nice little happy rainbow. Um, to Do uh, you, you want to tap dance
0: while I run upstairs yes. and get some bottles? All right. So so while Scott is off, uh, one of the cool things about the bottle is, uh, I don't know if it really goes through in the camera well, but you can see the wrinkles. Uh, it's a hand-labeled, and by labeled, I mean the entire bottle is wrapped. Let's see. Hand-labeled bottle. So they basically... Get a bunch of people come in and hang out and drink beer and eat pizza. People and will do anything for some free beer. free beer. Free beer and free t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. And so they so they wrap the bottles and glue them and uh, you know I'll we'll ask Scott about his incident with glue uh, for this last bottling that got some got him some weird looks from people. They so you know they paint the bottles, wrap them, uh, seal them. Yeah, I kinda wish I'd known about them years before so I could have started a collection of them, just like every every beer that's you know, I I bottle. didn't know the thing about the Roy
1: G Bibb. That's a lot easier to know what you're dealing with now.
0: Yeah, it's pretty for for what, fortuitous? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. fortuitous. That fortuitous. the the red was the first.
2: Yeah, completely accidental. Speaking of accidental, I'm really glad I didn't Brought this down in my arms like a idiot. Yeah.
0: Oh, hey, the the red's gone. Oh, it's gone already. Oh. It disappeared. where did that go? Now, Scott, I'm,
1: I'm Scott sure you have, but have you been a vertical? Have you tasted them side by side?
2: Um, I haven't gone through and and I've had I've had some of the older ones recently. I had a No. Six. Wait a minute, I'm missing. A... I got my green
1: here. I got my green here.
2: Groovy, all right. Um, I I had some of the, uh, the 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 6 a while back, um, maybe two three months ago, and uh, we actually had uh, ran out of labels, so I had a couple of cases of empty bottles or empty naked unwrapped huh. bottles, um, and uh, the the glass I think we bought for that was even clear, because who cares what color the glass is? Yeah. It's getting covered. Um, but those were like really light sensitive because there's no protection at all. Uh, but it wasn't skunky, and uh, um, it was tasting fantastic. I was really, really happy with it. Um, some of the draft stuff that shows up, like at the Barley Wine Festival, uh, the kegs I'm finding aren't keeping as well as the um, as the bottles are. Really? Um, and I think it's just there's well, – the kegs aren't necessarily kept cold uh, all the time. And um, it's not as there's – a, there's a lot that can go wrong in a the keg. There's a lot more places for things to hide. Um, I've had some of the 06 that was in a keg that I had a tantamized character at the Barley Wine Festival. And it was like, it was foaming and crazy and an interesting beer, but so far away from what went in the keg. Yeah. Um, uh, because there's a lot of residual sugar for it to to work on. But, but yeah, it's been a, uh, it's been a, um, uh, an interesting evolution of this over the, over time. And the biggest problem I have is telling the difference between blue and indigo. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, but uh, this one's the indigo and it's got a blue jay on it so I kind of you know uh, but I think okay. this is an indigo bunting if there's like bird people. Yeah. well, the indigo looks a lot more purple over the computer time. screen yeah and then and then of course the very purple you know yeah. So we wanted the violet to be like extremely violet and that's like a, I used to know what all the birds are I don't
0: anymore um, So I and, and birds flying around here. So, and this is part question from me because I didn't see the whole story, Yeah. but, uh, what happened with this year's gratitude?
2: Um, yeah. And, and, and the, the, the big question is what, <laughs> what year are we on? Right. We talked about like nine years of brewery operation, but, um, you know, even if we tighten up the ranks here a little bit, um, you will only find, uh, uh, seven bottles in front of us. Um. We've had some some issues with gratitude over the years. Um, the the green wax one. Um, one thing that's different is instead of black ink, uh, this is printed with purple ink, and that's because we brewed a batch of it and we were trying to improve our process that day, and we ended up leaving a slug of uh, kettle trube in the bottom of the kettle, like a basically it's it's protein that's solidified that drops out. It's hot break, mm-hmm. and. Um, it charred in there for the, we always do a double batch of it. It charred in that pipe for the second batch. So there, the beer, we went through all the, the, the fermentation of the beer, packaging of the beer, labeling of the beer, and at the labeling volunteer day, we opened a few bottles to, to celebrate and the beer was carbonated and great and you taste it and it smelled like gratitude, tasted like gratitude. And then at the end, there was this like, oh, and it tasted a little bit like burnt hair. Um, um, just enough to sort of like wreck the whole uh, the whole thing. So I
1: have the burnt hair copy right here.
2: So you, but yours is uh, yours is is purple or? Yeah, it's purple. Yeah, it's purple. Okay, so purple was the rebrew of that. <laughs> um, I was going to say if you had the black ink version, um, it was originally printed in black and labeled in black. And then when we redid it, we needed a way to make sure we were not mixing up stuff <laughs> in the building. Like, we're going to put a dip- slightly different label on this, and I didn't want to redo the artwork and new plates and printing and everything. This- and these, the printing of these labels, um, I think for at least these first two years, this was done uh, hand silk screen oh, wow. on, a- on, a- uh, on a screen. And this is actually a three-color label on this guy, uh, the black, the white, and the orange uh, for the chickadee. Um, so if you can imagine printing a piece of paper and printing the black right and printing the blue right and then screwing up the orange um, after that has dried and been set aside every time, and it, you know, it's just ex- excruciating. Uh, and in fact, the first year, um, a part combination of my cheapness and also um, uh, an insane commitment to, uh, to reuse, um, this label, you see it looks a little different than the others. Um, mm-hmm. This is actually a grain bag that was cut down um, oh, really? um, and printed on. So uh, Brees, malt, which we actually use different different malts now, but um, but yeah, that's actually a grain bag. And some of them you can see the brees name coming through from the back uh, of it, but the label gets wheat pasted onto the bottle. It's about a five minute process to put the label on the bottle. And then it has to sit and dry for a few days, and then turn upside down so the bottom can dry for a few days, and then they get dipped in wax, and then they all get uh, signed and numbered uh, by me um, before they're ready to go. So, so we still have the black wax version of this, and it uh, I, we're gonna we're gonna release it at this year's gratitude because that flavor has aged. I won't say it's aged out, but it's certainly aged down. Mm-hmm. But we'll have tasters of it so people can see what they're getting into. Um, but we're, we're just, I'm tired of looking at it, and, and I can't throw it away because it has some value, but it's not it's not where I want it to be. your children? Yeah, it's like cards on the table. You know, I want to you know, throwing away your children. Down. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's nice. It's time to sell them after a while. You just need to stop looking at them. Get out of house. <laughs> <it>. uh, <laughs> that's awful. Um, uh, and then and then for this year's uh, version we actually there there are two um, two if you if you can imagine two uh, ghost bottle spaces in here um, we brewed this bottled it and um, and it refused to bottle condition uh, 1500 bottles so we re-brewed it bottled it and it refused to bottle condition and I wasn't doing anything differently around that than I was earlier, except maybe aging the beer a little bit more to to have it drop clearer, basically making it better. Mm -hmm. Um, But apparently it was enough to to drop the yeast concentration down on it. So, um, so with this version, uh, this is the first time in three years we've been able to release this beer. And um, uh, so it's been a long wait, um, but we took some extra measures to make sure that this one carbonated. So, um, Basically, you know, belt and suspenders approach—redundant things—to basically do everything we can to encourage mm-hmm. uh, that, that additional con- uh, uh, conditioning in the bottle. So we've got two, two batches—I uh, think fifteen or sixteen hundred bottles each. The numbers are all up on the website um, of, uh, of flat gratitude that we've uh, come to affectionately refer to as flatitude.
1: Flatitude,
2: uh, um, and we'll be uh, we'll be actually releasing flatitude. Because um, we've had people say, "Hey, I want to buy a couple of cases and stick them in a corny keg and juice them up and have, have your barley wine on tap at my house," yeah. and, and that sounds sounds great to me. Um, so we're doing a nice deep discount on cool. that, and you're just, just buying it in whole case quantities. Um, the beer tastes great; it's just got no fizz. So, um, so yeah, that's the uh, the saga. And then for this year's release, we're doing something different uh, than we have in the past, in that we are selling all of our back stock. Oh. Um, usually I hold a bit back, but there's just not that much uh, at this point. And, uh, we me got to buy some more tanks yeah. and, uh, you know, pay some investors back maybe in a, another year and, uh, better to, better to, to, um, have somebody else have it in their hands. Also, I mean, the O5 is tasting great now. I don't know how much longer, uh, it's going to be, going to be tasting great. So let's put it, let's put it out there, um, for, uh, for, for people to have, and they can make that decision rather than me sitting on it for yeah. too long. And like, hey, great, I got a bunch of barley wine that's past its prime. Who wants some? You know. So,
0: well, I think that's a pretty good place to kind of wrap it up on.
2: All right, wrap
0: it up. Yeah, I think wrap it up. Yeah. So that is
2: about it for get the, get the full uh, full label view there. Oh,
0: Ooh. fancy.
2: <laughs> Caught you drinking.
0: So I think that's about it for the show. Uh, Scott, thank you very much for hanging out at the brewery late. And, you bet. You know, drinking yeah. with me and talking with some beer.
2: Yeah, thanks much for, uh, thanks for uh, suffering through the, the heat and humidity here. And uh,
0: uh, hopefully there's enough uh, cold beverage to uh, help you weather the storm. Yeah. I think everyone who wants to open their own brewery should have to hang out for a couple days in <laughs> a production brewery just to see... Yeah, it's not the it like. air conditioned. Uh,
2: uh, you know what though, it's it's there's there's no uh there's no there's no better life in my mind. I couldn't could be happier. I uh, couldn't imagine a different life and, and my former life. Uh, working for the man was uh, was what it was, but uh, it's another lifetime ago. I can't even can't even remember I'm not sure what it was at this point. Yeah. Maybe that's just the beer.
1: The
0: way. Either way it's good. Yeah. Well so, Thanks for everyone uh, that watched. If you listen to this in iTunes, thank you. We're waving um, to you now. Uh, if you want to watch this, it'll be on my YouTube channel, uh, Craft Beer Academy. You can look at, uh, you can watch this episode on craftbeeracademy.com slash live-show. Uh, I'll, I'll keep the, the newest episode up there, and you can watch the live episode there for the next show, too. So, um, Scott, thanks again. Amanda, sorry you couldn't be here and enjoy the great beer I had. I sold the
1: shit out of Harvest this week, Harvest. so I expect to see it locally awesome. soon.
0: Awesome. We got another,
2: uh, another 50 60 kegs heading your way uh, tomorrow that are Woo! jamming up our walk in cooler
0: for right now. So, I'm going to scare Scott here so that I can grab this red and uh, see you guys later. All right? Bye. Cheers, Cheers, Brian. Cheers, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Craft Beer Showdown podcast. Make sure to check out craftbeeracademy.com for more information and to give feedback on today's show. Don't forget to watch the next episode live on Google Plus Hangouts or YouTube by going to craftbeeracademy.com slash live show.